You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Swan acts as a sort of sea fly in this. That's him siffling at the moment. Rather than A bratted puss or sloth am I. I live a life of ease. Contented not to do or die, but idle as I please. I have three toes on either foot, or half a dozen on both. With leaves and fruits and shoots to eat, how sweet to be a sluice. Well, hello and welcome back once again to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul. I'm not an animal expert. I am Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. And today... (laughs) And... And today... We are talking about (laughs) slots. But first, the news. (laughs) This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. Hey, if you love sloths, and who doesn't, you have a few dollars to spend and a way to get to the Zoological Wildlife Conservation Center in Rainier, Oregon, you can have a sleepover with some sloths. Tickets are $600 per person. That gets you a two-person tent for the night and a Q&A session with the staffers and, of course, some quality time with some sloths. Videos are not allowed, but photos are, and there is a very strict no-noise, no-talking policy in effect. So if that price or the requirements are too steep for you, the Conservation Center also offers an hour with the sloths and the staffers for $100. But you might be asking yourself, how and why are there sloths in Oregon? Well, logging companies in Latin America where the sloths live, they will contact the Conservation Center if they plan on doing any cutting. The employees from the conservation centers will travel there and they will transport the displaced sloths to be taken care of at three different research centers in Oregon. And once they've reached retirement age from these research centers, they get to go live out their days at the conservation center in Rainier. So a little opportunity to uh, to hang out with some sloths. <laughs> I bet there's some Varminians who will be headed out to Oregon pretty soon. <laughs> Isn't Katie Talmo the one who likes sloths? Katie Talmo is the one who likes sloths, and she's the one of the Varminians that recommended today's episode. Mm-hmm. So who are the Varminians, Paul? Well, Donna, this past week I started the <laughs> Varmints Facebook discussion group, and we asked the people what they wanted to be called, and they said they wanted to be called the Critter Crew, and that's fine. You guys can call yourselves the Critter Crew, but you are our Varminians. 
the boyfriend, Curtis Craddock, suggested that one, right? Is yeah. he the one that came up with Far Minions? I believe so. I love it. <laughs> Which is very Curtis. So <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, that's that's it for me. I'm, I mean, they can call themselves whatever they want, but they are the Far Minions. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they can also be the Critter Crew. I'm really on board with using both. Oh yeah, me too. We, interchangeably. We might, interchangeably, sure. Yeah, we'll refer to refer to them as both the Critter Crew and the Varminians. I love them both. I can do it in a sentence. Go ahead. I can I can do it in a sentence. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, attention, Varminians. <laughs> Those belonging to the group known also as Critter Crew. Heed my command! <laughs> Send us email! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, welcome to this discussion group, which is what Paul was going to say before I interrupted him with my jollity. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a lot of fun in there, though. There's people that are coming in and, and posting pictures of their little varmints that they live with at home, and and everybody's being nice, and there's nice discussions going on, and, and you know discussions about what we would eat, and what we wouldn't eat, and it's a lot of fun in there. So go check it out. Yep, it's a it's a good time. I'm really having a. I just I feel guilty because I've been spending too much time looking at it because of everybody posting their little animals. <laughs> Oh, it's like crack for me. I can't. <laughs> Everybody's little animals. I can't. I can't. Somebody posted their three-month-old kitten. Oh, so cute. It's ridiculous. All cats are cute. All dogs are cute. They're all cute. Uh-oh, my brain is going to explode. <laughs> oh, no. Ah, ah. Clear. I posted a video of my dogs being cute and loud. <laughs> oh, that was great. All right. Critter crew, Var Minions, I have a message for you. I have a reminder to go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes for each episode. We're on Twitter and Instagram at at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. And if you like the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating and review. And join the Critter Crew in their discussions on the Facebook discussion group. Also, we have a Pinterest board that I'm trying to catch up with. Uh, let's And the, the link to that is about at the bottom of the show notes. Um, let's learn about sloths. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about sloths today. Sloths are mammals that are classified in the families Megalonychidae, which are two-toed sloths, and Bradypodidae, which are three-toed sloths. There are six species of sloths on the planet right now. Their range, besides Oregon, is normally Central and South American tropical rainforests. Uh, some zoos do have sloth exhibits, but sloths are notoriously very, very difficult animals to keep in a zoo. So if your local zoo has a sloth exhibit, go check it out, because that's a pretty cool, rare thing to have. 
Sloths have short, flat heads, big eyes, short snouts, stout bodies, long limbs, and very tiny little ears. They're a very unique-looking creature. Three-toed sloths also have stubby tails that are about five to six centimeters long. And sloths are right around the size of small dogs, with the head and body having a combined length of 50 to 70 centimeters. Uh, Male, female, and baby sloths, they're just all called sloths. They don't have different names for for the different sexes. And a group of sloths doesn't have a name either, because sloths are solitary animals. So there's no such thing as a group of sloths. They are classified in the same order as anteaters, which sport a similar set of specialized claws. They are known for being very, very slow, aside from their surprising bursts of speed during emergency flights from predators. And other notable traits of sloths include their strong body, their ability to swim really, really well. It's surprising when you actually see one swim. And the fact that they host symbiotic algae on their fur. Yes, that is called the sloth invertebrate ecosystem. So this is interesting. Sloths are known to host an entire ecosystem of invertebrate species that are unique to sloth fur, which is crazy. That is crazy. (laughs) So it's it's been it's been reported that alongside symbiotic fungi and algae that act as an effective form of camouflage, up to 950 moths, beetles, cockroaches, and even worms can be found on individual sloths. Wait. So did you say 950? Mm-hmm. No way, dude. Ah. But here wow. is what people at the sanctuary in Costa Rica found out. They've actually done some research about this. Okay. They said not everything reported is true, especially when it comes to sloths. The sloth sanctuary of Costa Rica has rescued over 500 wild sloths and has never found a single cockroach or worm living on a sloth. So I think that just might just be wrong reporting. Because of their remarkably low body temperature and unusual circulatory systems, sloths do not attract blood-sucking invertebrates of any kind. (laughs) Ticks only are ever found on a sloth if it's spent a prolonged period of time on the ground before being brought to the sanctuary. Oh, why am I disappointed by that? I don't know. It sounded so good. I know, it sounded so gross, but it's actually not that bad. (laughs) So they wanted to accurately document the invertebrate species that live on sloths uh, around the sanctuary, and they they collaborated with a a sloth moth expert. (laughs) (laughs) There is such a thing as a sloth moth moth expert. God, I can't say that. Sloth moth expert. Jenny Phillips at the National Institute of Biodiversity in Costa Rica. They anesthetize a sampling of wild sloths and immerse their bodies into airtight collection bags. Not uh, which were sealed around the neck with the head sticking out. Gauze pads soaked with chemical ether were placed inside the bag, which effectively anesthetized all the invertebrates hiding in the fur. And after a few minutes, the sloths were removed from the collection bags and the fur combed through to remove any remaining organisms. The sloths were then brought safely out of the anesthesia and released back into the forest with tracking devices. This method allowed them to collect the full ecosystem of invertebrates and identify them down to the species level. They found that each sloth has an average of 150 sloth moths within their fur. Oh, wow. Identified as the species Cryptoses colipi. I think I'm saying that right, and I'll put a picture of them in the show notes. Only two beetles were recovered, and those were identified to be scarab beetles, Eroxus gorgon. No cockroaches, worms, fleas, leeches, or ticks were found. So, 
<laughs> they do have an ecosystem <laughs> in their body, and uh, and the sloth moths are like solo to them. So what the algae does is it serves as a camouflage because it's really thick and green on their fur, and they are an arboreal species. They live in the treetops, and it's all thick and green up there, so they hide in there really effectively with this. And also, uh, you can just reach over and nibble on your body for a, sna- a tasty snack. It's so. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> My nephew does that. Oh, I don't all toddlers do that. They do, and it, and yeah, he it, his pl- place happens to be his nose. So it's, yeah, yeah, humans they go do that mining too. for gold. <laughs> <laughs> He's building his immune system. Leave him alone. <laughs> Donna, how much more productive would you be if you only had to pee and poop one time a week? Oh, can you imagine? We would get so much more done. Although, I don't know. I think it would be great. I mean, if a doctor I said, hey, we're going to inject you with something and you're only going to pee and poop once a week, that would be that would make scheduling a lot easier. You'd be like, no. Nope. Yeah, but wouldn't it be a lot, though? What? Like, wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be the same amount of time? <laughs> It'd just be all in one. T- You'd have to set up a computer at the bog because it would be like you're not going to change your size or the amount that you're eating. So you would have to still get rid of all the whole thing at once. And it'd be like you'd just be sitting there for hours. Yeah, got it. I'm going, I've got to spend an hour in the bog. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It, it would make scheduling a lot easier. You could say no. Oh, you're I talking have about Wednesday- just scheduling? Oh, yeah. Just, I have Wednesday afternoons blocked off because that's my poop time. <laughs> because I'm blocked off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. I was in the hospital for a week, and I did not go for that entire week. Oh no! Yeah, and I don't I, that not that I know of anyway because I was so hopped up on on painkillers, goofballs, and, mm-hmm. and goofballs, and I had like four surgeries, so they barely fed me that much because they didn't want me on the operating table with a full stomach. So yeah, I didn't like my and they came in my room and they were like, "Do you want a bedpan?" And I'm like, "I can't lay in bed and watch Law and Order and just knock one out. I'm not geared <laughs> like that." <laughs> My body just shut down, and when I came home after that week, I, I just gave birth to the Antichrist. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> and you know what? That's what sloths do. <laughs> That's a sloth's life. That's what they do. Their slow metabolism is one of the adaptations adaptations that they have for survival because when you move as slowly as they do you're vulnerable and if you're taking care of business you're even more vulnerable that's why people even people who live alone and they come home and they go to the bathroom and they take a shower and what do they do they close and they lock the bathroom door because you're you're vulnerable yes so once a week sloths make their way down out of the trees and they literally risk their lives to take a dump Wow. Yeah. Danger time. Yeah. They they don't stray very far from their tree, so they usually go right at the base of the tree or maybe on a nearby rock. And yeah, that makes sense. Just like otters, they do a little poop dance. Oh, nice. They Is do. it a slow dance? <laughs> it's kind of a slow dance. They kind of, they grasp the tree with their little front claws and they kind of stick their butts out and they do a little butt wiggly dance and it is... Da, 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 da. 
I pulled this audio from a uh, a video on YouTube where these people are rehabilitating sloths, and they have to teach these baby sloths how to do the poop dance. So here's a little bit of that audio. It's great. You see the little hips going back and forth, and that's why we call it the poo dance. You can tell when it's sloth is actually going to the bathroom because they get this blissed out look on their faces. Their eyes kind of defocus, and their smile gets a little bit wider. Oh my goodness, that's a whole ton, Claire. That was a big clown. That was when she went beep. Boy, you're holding on. The poop chute is closing up. <laughs> Wait a minute! Don't you get a blissed out look on your face when you're taking every a good time, poop? every single time? It's one of the best things about being human, isn't it? It it's really like, is. Uh, it is underrated. Nice. <laughs> All right, well, it's disclaimer time. The Varmints Podcast knows that it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves to go by, so we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So I figured that even if they did have human-level intelligence, they're just way too slow to really do anything about it. And they, 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 do, they do seem to respond to some training, so I'm just going to give them a four or a five just for intelligence because I, I, don't, I, I really don't even know how smart a sloth is. I couldn't really find anything. But everything else about them, the little poop dance and the fact that they're like one of the most photogenic creatures there are and just a cool little animal. If you factor in style points, they're definitely a 10. Yeah, I think once you give them style, they're a 10. I, I wouldn't give them more than four or five for intelligence. I don't know. They don't seem like they're puzzle solvers or, you know, training alone, like I said. That's not, I don't think training alone is enough, but uh, nope. I don't know. Can they can they differentiate individual humans? That brings them a little further up the scale. I don't have any idea, so I wasn't able to find anything, so I'm with you. But the style points, the sloth has some style. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, humans are going to love anything that has giant eyes and looks like it's smiling. They're always they're, smiling. It has the same symmetry as a human baby. So anything that has that same symmetry, symmetry like the big eyes, small mouth, round head, we're always going to go, oh! <laughs> oh, I never thought of it like that. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's one of those biology cute, like, what? why do we think things are cute? Because so. they look like babies. They look like babies. That's awesome. They have the same, they have the same dimensions as babies, basically. <laughs> giant eyes and little tiny mouths and round heads. All right. Well, we are going to talk about a very recent pop culture reference involving sloths, a little editorializing from me and the Rugrat Corner and a whole bunch more right after this. Hey there, mixers and hide and seekers. I'm Mixer Hyde, and I am the host of a podcast called In The Mix. Each week, I talk about culture and interview people making that culture. And oftentimes, those people are podcasters. I believe that everyone has a story to tell and a message to share. And I personally intend to hear as many of those as possible. So why don't you join me and let's discover something. You can find In The Mix on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And now for something completely different. Hey, you know, Donna and I, we're just a couple of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time. 
on movies, TV, and video games. And sloths don't make for very good fodder for video games or comic books because they really aren't all that fast and they don't do that much. But they are in a few video games. So House of the Dead 3 has a boss that is a very large sloth-like creature, and it's called the Fool. And the Fool is very quick, very mean, it's carnivorous, it only really resembles an actual sloth in appearance. Uh, World of Warcraft, which I know you play, mm-hmm. it's a game that you enjoy, that has a sloth in it. And you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, because I, I don't play World of Warcraft. It says, Sloth could be found in Duskwood. He was summoned by Lord Malathrom, and yeah. even though he's a bog beast, and they're usually of the elemental type... He, Sloth was an undead. Hmm. Yeah, he's an undead bog person. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to be a complete nerd and and a lore junkie and, and go. No, that's a an undead bog bog creature. Just because his name is Sloth doesn't mean he has anything to do with sloths. It's he didn't look sloth. terribly sloth like. Yeah, he didn't look or act sloth like. No. Um, Nah, he's not. They're wrong. (laughs) The closest thing I bog beast. Okay, the closest thing I found in video games, the thing that was the most sloth-like, is actually Pokemon. In Pokemon, there's a creature called a Slackoth, and it's very obviously, if you look at it, it's based on the sloth. And when it is young, you have to care for it the same way you would have to care for a sloth, and it has the same needs and requirements. Until it evolves into a much more gorilla-like creature. But its behavior mm-hmm. and habits are very, very sloth-like. And that's the video game that comes the closest to an actual sloth. And that's it. They're, pop culture this week was a little bit thin, but you have a really, really good a really good one. Yeah. Which, I was lucky that I... Rem- that, uh, I mean, I think we're all kind of lucky because they don't... Sloths don't make an end of pop culture that much, so it's... Nope. <laughs> It's really funny that they did this time, but um, did you see the movie Zootopia? I love the movie Zootopia. Isn't it wonderful? It is I love the best. that movie. Yep. The sloth. There's a lot of sloths in Zootopia, but one that we'll focus on. They are. They all work at the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is one of those things that was great about that movie, because of course it was great for kids, because it was an, a cartoon, but. But the adults got to laugh at all the sort of in-jokes. And the DMV is an adult in-joke. <laughs> it's a it's an in-joke of grown-ups that children just don't get. They won't understand at all yep. until, until they get to be that age where they can at least drive and go in and sit and wait for two hours. Or <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a reason that grown-ups uh, always post stuff on Facebook like, I'm at the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody goes, no, I hope it ends soon. There's a reason for that. So that's what the joke is all about. And so what what Miss Bunny Hops is wanting, what she's wanting is, uh, I think she wants a license plate run, basically. <laughs> and so... The fox brings her into the DMV because he's got a friend that can do it in a flash. And he's trying to slow her down. So that's that's the whole, the whole reason <laughs> behind that. <laughs> Shall I play the clip? Yeah, play the clip. Flash, flash, 100-yard dash. Buddy, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Hey, Flash, I'd love you to meet my friend. 
Uh, darling, I've forgotten your name. Hmm. Officer Judy Hopp, CPD, how are you? I am doing just <laughs> fine as well <laughs> as I can <laughs> be. <laughs> what hang in there can I do? Well, I was hoping you could run a plate for you. <laughs> well, I was hoping you could today. Well, I was hoping you could run a plate for us. We are in a really big hurry. Sure. What's the <laughs> plate? Two nine T number. <laughs> Two nine T H D zero three. And he's typing with his like Two. cloth claw. Yeah. <laughs> nine. T H D zero three. T H D zero three. H D zero three. Zero three. Zero. Three. Hey Flash, wanna hear a joke? No! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh I love that so much. Uh, that movie was so funny. Sorry. Judy hops, not bunny hops. And at the end of the movie, and it's not a spoiler alert because it really has nothing to do with the plot of the movie, but you find out that sloths like to drive really, really fast. Like yes. really fast. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Uh, that was the best. And you could tell we just couldn't stop laughing the whole clip. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. The whole movie is like that. Yeah, it's really cute. Absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. I like to eat! Oh, I like to eat too. We're not eating sloths, are we? No, no. No, I can't imagine mm-hmm. eating sloths. I don't think that... I, I was trying to see if the tribesmen in the rainforest where the sloths live eat sloths and they don't even eat sloths and i don't know uh, how they I figured can probably th- give you a clue as to why not as soon as we get to the end of the show okay so, yeah <laughs> but it does give me an excuse to play this clip okay armaments chapter two verses nine to twenty one mm-hmm. and saint attila raised the hand grenade up on high saying oh lord bless this thy hand grenade that with it thou mayst blow thine enemies to tiny bits in thy mercy. (laughs) And the Lord did grin, and the people did feast upon the lambs and sloths and carp (laughs) and anchovies and orangutans and breakfast (laughs) cereals and fruit bats and large... Give a bit, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I had to work that clip in somewhere. Of course. So according to the Book of Armaments, people used to uh, celebrate by eating the sloths. Yes. Well. (laughs) Hey, Donna. Yes. Is your brain a giant warehouse of useless information like mine is? Um, no, not today. Oh dear. Well, I'm a little, a little slow this morning. Are you a little slothful? Uh, yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's help everybody win that next trivia night, or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week. Is this your homework, Larry? Look, man. So I just wanted to take this moment to kind of dispel the myth that sloths are lazy. Sloths are not lazy. 
and I kind of feel bad for sloths. Um, sloth is one of those so-called cardinal sins or deadly sins. It basically means indolence, laziness, inertness, and the, the word came first, and then when they people saw a sloth in a tree, they named it a sloth because they thought that the sloth was a lazy creature, but everything that a sloth does and, and every way that they behave are due to adaptations that help ensure their survival. So when we see a sloth in a tree hanging upside down, chewing on a leaf, and we think, well, that would be nice to, to be a sloth. What, what an easy life he must have, where... Whereas another sloth might look at that same animal and say, well, geez, Brad is certainly being an overachiever today, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that your second leaf this morning? Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be such a show off. But this is something that we've never really talked about before. I think we maybe we've talked about it here and there, not on the podcast. But I think generally speaking, it's a strange thing that we humans do when we apply human emotions and behaviors to, to animals. And yeah, like we've talked about it sometimes, but yeah, it's a Yeah, it's, it's like, a it's a trap. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, and it starts really early. It starts when if you like watch a nature documentary with a little kid, they'll say things like one animal is being mean to another animal. You right. know? And then I understand there's stories involving animals that have been told for thousands and thousands of years because sometimes lessons about human behavior and morality are kind of easier to take coming from an animal than a person who could be perceived as being preachy or, or annoying, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah. I just think when you're watching a nature documentary or you're hiking or you're at a zoo or an animal sanctuary, it's worth just noting that animals are just animals. And when an animal attack occurs on a human, very, very often the immediate, re the immediate response is to kill the animal. When more often than not, the human was either doing something stupid or was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was yep. usually never because the animal was being mean or malicious. And if you're watching, like, a crocodile eat a zebra on a nature documentary, the crocodile is not being mean. It's just being a crocodile. Yeah. You it's, know? No, it's not being any meaner than you are when you eat a hamburger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just because just you didn't kill the cow doesn't mean that, that you're innocent, you know? Right. So... So I mean, and I'm not a vegetarian, so I'm just saying, you know, this is what we do on our planet. Things eat other things. <laughs> yeah. But why do you think so, we apply human behaviors to animals? Like, why? How, how does that happen in the first place? I think it's because we are the kind of smart we are is a is a is a kind of smart that we can measure the differences in things, and it's how we figure out our world. Like you were saying with the stories where we have animals that give moral lessons and stuff. Yeah. You're talking about like Aesop's fables and stuff like that. Um, those stories talk about good ethical behavior and stuff like that. And we have to talk about those things because we're the only species that we know of that can and needs to because we're in charge of the whole planet. So right. we need to be able to regulate our own behavior. And I think it's just part of the way our brain kind of helps figure stuff out. Just compare yeah. and contrast, compare and contrast constantly. And I think it's a process that seems to go on all the time. Like constantly, your brain is constantly comparing all the different things around you and trying to relate it back to itself. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so. From what I've gathered from, from reading about the brain in the last few years, um, that's what we seem to do. I think it's just a function of being human. 
It may be the most human thing about us. <laughs> you just have to be careful because sometimes animal behavior, sometimes they are being the same way that a human would be. You know, sometimes they're playing and sometimes they're being affectionate and sometimes, sometimes it does apply. But it takes a lot of work to try to figure out when that's true. And basically, you should be hesitant to apply human behavior to an animal. Right. And we do it every week. We do it when we do the... We do. And we do it for yeah. fun. And we acknowledge that it's for fun and it's stupid and you really shouldn't take us seriously when we do it. It's just no, something fun No, don't take to, it seriously. Just something yeah. fun to talk about. But I mean, I think the sloth got the short end of the stick on that deal because they're not lazy. And animals aren't lazy by our standards. It's not like the sloth is up there in the tree with an inbox full of work to do and is just ignoring it. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's trying not it's trying not to get eaten by a snake or an eagle is what it's actually trying to do. So, yep, yep. that's its job. Yep. And make more baby sloths and make baby sloths. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get killed. Make copies of yourself. That's the basic job of every creature on the planet. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I said I was going to tell you why the native tribal peoples of the areas where the sloth lives don't eat them. Okay. And I'll tell you what it is. It is because sloths continue to hang on to the branch that they were on after death. So. What? <laughs> yep. Yep. Their claws They just die and they the... keep hanging there. That's right. So when wow. they die, they will, the body will decompose and fall to bits where it's where it's sitting. So if you shoot one, it's just going to stay up there in the trees. And if you want to retrieve it, good luck. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they pretty much can, have to wait yeah, until the sloth comes down to drop one off to kill a sloth, which you might That's right. and you'd have to wait a week for that when, you know, it's easier to just go and kill a pig. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yep, and there might be other wild animals that are way easier to trap and stuff too. So various kinds of well, birds that makes and sense. stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. It's just not an animal that's convenient to get. So <laughs> unless you are winged or you are a creature that can climb trees, like the predators that actually hunt sloths, <laughs> you're probably not ever gonna eat one, so that's the reason. So, yep. Interesting. It's kind of the yeah. sloth's last way of saying, ha ha. <laughs> Wait a minute, weren't we just talking about not doing that a couple minutes ago? No. Oh, <laughs> sloths are awesome. We love yeah. them. And thank you to everybody who recommended that we talk about sloths this week because it was a lot of fun to research and, and talk about. And especially you, Katie Talmo. Thank you so much for, for the recommendation. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Varmints Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo and music, as always, by Kevin McLeod. Thanks, guys. And by you, the Patreon supporter. Thank you so much for kicking in a dollar or two every month to the Blazing Caribou Studios Patreon. That helps us keep this podcast coming into your ear holes. Katie Talmo's kid, Grayson, he has something to say about uh, sloths. And I apologize in advance for the audio here. I, I did my best with it, but Grayson has a thing about talking directly into a microphone, so hopefully you can hear this. It's really cute. Just hang in there. Say hi to Paul and Donna. Hi, Paul. Bye, Paul and Donna. So we're going to talk about sloths. Okay, so it's slow. 
They're slow? Yeah. Okay. Where do sloths live? Um, California. They live in California? Yeah. Do they live up in the trees or on the ground? You no. On the ground? No trees. Yeah, they like to climb the trees. Yeah, what do they eat? They just eat leaves. Yeah. Uh, they, they just eat... They, they, they just eat... Do they eat veggies? Veggies and grapes. Yeah. Do you like grapes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, veggies are good. Anything else you learned about sloths? No. No? Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Grayson. Thanks, Katie. Go listen to uh, 8-Bit Avenue. It's our show about video games here on the network. Yes. Thanks again for listening to Varmints, and until next time. Hey, Critter Crew, Varminions, be nice to animals. <laughs> By my command! <laughs> uh, I never knew I was going to have a chance to be an evil overlady on this show. <laughs> Do our bidding. Do our bidding. Bring us a slow. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an evil laugh? Perfect. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Do you say sloth or sloth? Sloth. Sloth, okay. I don't even think that British people say sloth, do they? I don't, I'm, I've, I have a couple of clips where they say sloth. So. Do they? Yeah. Weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Sloth. <laughs> that's a that's a pinky out for your teacup kind of word, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we went to the zoo and saw the sloths. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> my word, what a lazy animal! <laughs>